This is episode number 877 with retired Navy SEAL, Chad Wright. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Bruce Lee said, do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Welcome to this episode. I'm so glad you're here. We have an inspirational guest. His name is Chad Wright. And I know you've gone through many adversities in your life. And you might be going through an extreme challenge right now, trying to figure out decisions in your life where to head moving forward in your relationships. You might be struggling with some type of physical ailment right now or lack of physical health. You might be dealing with insecurities, doubt, fear, uncertainty of your financial future. You might be wondering, what is my purpose in life right now? Why am I here? What's the next step I'm supposed to take And if you're wondering any of these things, or if you're just looking to get to the next level of where you're at currently, then this episode is for you. It's all about nourishing your body, soul, and spirit to live a complete life and becoming a warrior in the face of adversity. Chad is a retired Navy SEAL turned ultra marathon runner and entrepreneur and an inspirational speaker. I had the opportunity to connect with him at Jesse Itzler's event, 29029, which is a 35-hour endurance hike up a mountain, and he blew me away, was so inspired by his mindset and his ability to endure extreme adversity and pain. And he served as a team leader on multiple deployments as a Navy SEAL, an instructor and master training specialist. And after 12 years as a SEAL, Chad retired and went on to start the project, 3 of 7 Project, with his brother Blake. And the 3 of 7 Project is a merging of Chad and Blake's passions and paths to provide a resource that gives people the knowledge and ability to complete themselves through the nourishment of body, soul, and spirit. They also have a podcast, the 3 of 7 podcast, where they interview the most complete human beings and collaborate, share, and provide practical applications for experiencing life more abundantly. And in this interview, we talk about Chad's extreme commitment to becoming a SEAL and how he tried out every single week for four months just to qualify for the physical assessment. Every week for four months. His extremely rare heart condition and consequential surgery for it that gave him the motivational boost to train even harder. He had to have surgery to become a Navy SEAL. That's how dedicated and committed he was to achieving his dream. The power of the spoken word and how Chad became conscious of how he speaks to himself and those around him. This is one of the most important parts of the interview you're gonna hear that could drastically change where you're at in your life right now. Chad's routine for investing in his body, mind, and spirit before everything else. It's amazing the amount of dedication he has towards his body and mind, and he's gonna break down his exact training regime throughout this interview how adversity can be the greatest teacher in life and how we should be looking for the challenges in our life 
not asking for an easy life. I'm super pumped. I think you're gonna love this one. The mindset of a Navy SEAL has always fascinated me, and Chad has got a beautiful experience and a beautiful way of being since retiring as a SEAL. I think you're really gonna love this. Make sure to share it with one friend today who you think might be going through some type of challenge or looking to get to the next level in their life. Just send them the link, lewishouse.com slash 877, or copy and paste the podcast link you're listening to on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, as I really believe people are going to get a ton of value out of this. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership rewards points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give 
give you an extra stream of income, and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which is crazy to think about because that means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while clearly a lot of things have changed since 1877, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker oats. I mean, I think we all grew up with Quaker in our household. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different flavors flavors and varieties, one of my faves for a quick breakfast. And whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber, Quaker Oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even Quaker Fruit Fusion with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats in your local grocery store. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And now without further ado, let's dive into this interview with the one and only Chad Wright. Chad Wright is in the house. Welcome to the School of Greatness podcast. Excited you're here, man. Uh, we met, was it three weeks ago? Four I think, weeks ago? Yeah. When was the mountain? What was the date? Dude, I don't know. It's back there somewhere. We met at a, an event that Jesse Isler hosts called 29029. It's climbing a mountain 17 times in Vermont, the equivalent of Mount Everest. Challenging. You smoked through it pretty quickly on a lot of, on a lot of the hills. I was keeping my slow pace. But we got to have an amazing conversation on the last hill, which I was excited about. And we talked, I made you stop much longer to share your story. Mm-hmm. And we said, let's do, a, let's do a longer interview and talk about this. First thing I wanna ask about is what is three of seven? You've got it on your hat, you've got it on your shirt. What is it, what is it, what does it mean? Okay, yeah, so I guess to start with kind of how it was born and I'll tell you kind of the meaning that goes along with it. So my brother and I, we run ultra marathons together and obviously with my time in the SEAL teams, it's it's, been a lot of physical, mental challenges, and we really enjoy that. So we we asked ourselves, like, what are we trying to do with these crazy hard things that we always go out and do? Essentially, we were trying to complete ourselves from like a body, soul, and spirit aspect. Yeah. So that's what three of seven is all about. So the three and three of seven is representative of the three aspects of us as humans, our body, soul, and spirit. And the seven is the universal number for completion. Mm -hmm. So complete yourself is essentially 
the tagline for three of seven. Okay. So what we're doing? Are you ever complete? Oh, you're, no. So it's it's a journey. It's a it's a journey for sure. But you know, I think I feel like we're all on that journey to kind of find that complete and wholesome existence in life. So yeah, we have a little podcast. Um, we're having a lot of fun with that. We have guests on anybody from ultra runners to we had Jesse Itzler on the other day. Even just your normal everyday people that have went through some type of severe adversity in their lives, whether it's in in their control or out out of their control, and uh, we talk through them about what they learn from those adverse situations. And moving forward, what do they do on a day-to-day basis to master, nourish, and maintain their body, soul, and spirit? Cool. So now yeah. you're a Navy SEAL for how many years? Was it Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah. And the story of how you became a Navy SEAL is pretty crazy. Can you share how you didn't get accepted, mm-hmm. and then the process you had to go through in order to become the chance of going to be a Navy SEAL? Can you tell us that story? Yeah, brother. Yeah. So. Yeah, my story's a little bit different. It took me a while to just get on the start line of SEAL training. Background on me, I was born and raised in North Georgia, never played sports, was never ran, never swam in a swimming pool. Never ran? No, never ran. I mean, you know, other than, you know, just running through the woods for fun, you know, nothing for fitness. Um, No swimming? Never swam in a swimming pool till I went and took the physical standards test to get a SEAL contract. Wow. So that's kind of where I was coming from, but I had this goal all of a sudden that I wanted to be a Navy SEAL, and that was kind of born through when I graduated high school, I was working in the construction industry, and I just kind of had this revelation one day, man, that if I didn't go like step outside of that and do something that I considered special or different, that kind of, that was going to be my lot in life. I was never going to have any more than what that little construction job in my hometown could offer. And that's fine for a lot of people. Like I know a bunch of dudes that are still working at that exact same place to this day, and they're totally happy with their lives. But for me, I just wasn't happy with the place that I was in. So I was browsing the internet, saw this um, flyer, hardest military training in the free world, Navy SEALs. And for some reason it clicked and that's what I decided I wanted to go do. So you were researching, you saw this as like the hardest thing to do. Yeah, The elite of the elite. Mm -hmm. And it hits you in your core. You're 18 years old, 18, 19 at the time. It hits you in your heart. You're like, okay, this is my mission, this is my dream, my goal. That's it, man. Yeah, so that became okay. my that became kind of my you obsessed overall over thing, dude. Yeah, I went and took the PST to get a SEAL contract. I failed that multiple, multiple times. PST standard. It's a physical standards testing. Yeah. It's a it's a run, swim, push-up, pull-up kind of test. So I failed it multiple times, finally got to where I learned how to swim. Learn how to run a mile and a half, the, all that good stuff. And how many times can you take it? Oh, uh, you you can take it as many times as you want. Yeah. So I took it once a week, and it probably took me. I'd go and take it once a week. It probably took me f- four months to finally pass it. So <laughs> so I'm coming this, from nothing, dude. Is this like a standard test with the government or the you know the navy, like in your local town, or is this yeah. just you want to stop watch testing yourself? No, the navy has contracted. 
mentors, SEAL mentors that administer the test. And gotcha. they, they have one in every, you know, they have multiple in each state. And you were in Georgia, so you were driving to the nearest town and you'd do it there or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Got yeah. It. Okay. So finally passed that, get Four a SEAL months. contract. Yeah. Every week. But you saw growth, you saw that you were getting better. Oh yeah, like for sure, man. Yeah. And it was really the skills. I, I didn't have I didn't have the the skills to that I needed to pass. I mean, I didn't know how to do a combat swimmer side stroke. Like I could dog paddle when I first started, right, right. you know. So were you um, teaching yourself in between the testing every week, like? Yeah. You were swimming every day. You're running. You're teaching yourself. That's right. That's right. So yeah, that that progressed slowly, but it over time I, I finally got it down pat. So I went into the Navy, and uh, with my SEAL contract finally. So the SEAL contract basically means you get a shot at SEAL training. You can go to training camp. Yep. Got it. That means you, you they, they guarantee you a spot on the start line at BUDS, it's called Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL Training. And, but you have to go to Navy boot camp first. Mm. So I went to Navy boot camp. I made it all the way through boot camp. And it was our last day of boot camp. And we had this big final training exercise and we got that done. And, and all my other classmates were going off to graduation, the ceremony. and. You know, they were going to move on with their dreams and aspirations to go to SEAL training. And uh, my drill instructor pulls me aside after this final training exercise, and he says, Hey, Chad, um, you got to go to medical, man. They, they found something on your physical that they need to talk to you about. So while everybody else is going off to graduation, I'm walking over to medical, and I walk in to the, uh, you know, the medical officer, and he says, Chad, uh, you have a pericardial cyst on your heart, and it's asymptomatic, but we're afraid that when you go down to depth diving, that it will burst the cyst on your heart. So he said, we can't let you be a SEAL, man. Oh, wow. So in that last moment, as I was about to move forward with everything that I had invested my, myself into, mm -hmm. it was all taken from me. And Did you try to say, it's okay, I'll sign a waiver, like, I'll do whatever it takes, or were you accepting of it right away, like, oh. He didn't give me a choice. So there, there was no choice in the matter. There's nothing you Black can do. Black and white, this is a no, you're That's out. It. That's it. Now, I did try to say, you know, okay, well, I'm, I'm in the Navy now. Like, can't you guys take, can't you guys perform a surgery to take right. this thing off my heart? Right. And, um, and, of course, he said, no, this is asymptomatic. It's a very rare condition. We're not willing to risk the surgery just so you can go to SEAL training. And, and if, if they performed the surgery, there was no guarantee that, they, that it would be successful and I would be able to move forward anyways. I hope you're enjoying this interview with Chad. It's blowing me away and it's about to get even better. But I want to take a moment to talk about our sponsor today, ZipRecruiter. Now, ZipRecruiter is a powerful place to help you hire for your business because hiring can be a slow process. Trust me, I've done this many times and it takes a lot of energy sometimes away from actually building your business if you don't do it the right way. 
and Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. Who else can understand that process? So he switched to ZipRecruiter, and ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. So Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. And with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at this address, ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, go try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness, Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now let's get back in this episode with Chad Wright. So you could still be in the Navy and work on some other job, just not going underwater. Exactly. Yep, yep. So that's what they basically did. They tried to send me out to the fleet. But that wasn't where I had set my goal, man. So I was able to pull some strings and get out of the Navy on an administrative discharge. And uh, You said, well, I don't want to go work anymore for you then if I can't do what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, Lewis, it's weird, dude, because when he told me, like, I can remember when that dive medical officer told me, basically, no, you cannot be a SEAL. You will never be able to be a SEAL. Like, for some reason, I don't know if it was because I was young and naive but I never let go of that goal. Like I ne- even after he gave me a definitive answer, I still had in my mind, I'm going to find a way over, under, around. I'm going to do something to fix this so I can move forward with my dreams. So maybe that's you know why I had so much confidence to get out of the Navy, you know, sure. completely out. I cut all ties with the Navy, show back up to my hometown, and of course everybody looks at me, and all, it's a small town, so everybody knew where I was going and what my aspirations were, and they look at me, and of course they all say, well, what are you doing back here, bro? You obviously quit, right? Because that's what everybody does is quit. Very few people make it through. So, yeah, that was something I had to deal with when I got home. That was pretty tough. How how long was that time for? So when I got home, I started immediately trying to find a surgeon that would take this thing off my heart. Right away. You were like, okay, who can help me? Totally, man. Yep, right, right off the bat. And... I went to like three or four different heart surgeons there in Atlanta and nobody would touch it. They said the same thing that the the dive medical officer in the Navy told me. Finally, I found a surgeon that would take this thing off my heart. His name was Dr. Cooper and he was a army surgeon. He had served time on the battlefield, uh, active duty. So he understood what I wanted to go do and that I wanted to serve my country. He understood my, my dream, you know? more so than somebody that hadn't served their country could. Sure. 
So Dr. Cooper was willing to accept the risk of performing this surgery on my behalf. Did you do a pro bono? Did you have to pay him a premium? What was it? Did so insurance cover this? That's, that's an interesting thing. We were not sure. So I didn't have health insurance at the time. We were not sure how we were going to pay for it. You know, obviously I had my family was supportive of me and we were just, as a group, we decided we're just going to go have this surgery done. We'll get the bill and we'll pay payments on it for the rest really? of our lives if oh we need gosh. to, you know. So went in, Dr. Cooper performed the surgery. I, I only remember one moment of doubt. It was the morning of the surgery. We were driving to the hospital and I was about to like lay there and let him cut my chest open. Because you have to do an open... Well, he went, he actually, they actually detached my pectoral muscle, peeled it up and then broke my ribs and went oh, in through my rib cage. There. Oh my gosh, Yeah, man. so... So they didn't open the middle of your chest. No, they didn't split my, my sternum. That's crazy. Yeah. So he cuts you here, Detach opens my a pec. muscle, yeah. pulls the muscle up, and then breaks the rib or just like bends I, they, it? Or? They actually had to break the ribs to get in, <laughs> to, I guess to create a cavity big enough to, act. The, the cyst was seven centimeters, so it was a pretty large, I mean, compared to your heart, that's a fairly large cyst, you know? Yeah, how do they, how does the bones heal back? Dude, I have no, I have no clue, dude. <laughs> I, and I was so young back then, dude. I didn't ask questions about like, how are you going to do this surgery? How long is it going to take me to recover? Feel, yeah, yeah. Like it didn't matter. I was just, I was so thankful I had someone that was willing to wow. perform the surgery. I didn't ask those questions, you know. Wow. Okay, so um, you. Were you can claim victory in sports, on the job site, even on your taxes by switching to H&R Block. Block offers many ways to file to fit your schedule. A 100% accurate return on your max refund or your money back. Plus, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. Switch today and feel like a tax champion. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. Disclaimer, all tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print or bills that seem to go up for no dang reason? Like when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying even more than you would have elsewhere? At Metro by T-Mobile, there's nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal, so here it is. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited-time promos, per-use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada yada yada. At Metro by T-Mobile. Nada yada yada. You can't always trust your gut. Like those times when it tells you to have that extra piece of cake or when it tells you to skip your morning routine and sleep in another hour. Probiotics can't help with most of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Ritual invested in a study modeling the human colon, which showed their Symbiotic Plus significantly increased microbial diversity and 
the growth of beneficial bacteria. Rigorously tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, Ritual Multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project-verified, gluten and major allergen-free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. Personally, I love Ritual's Symbiotic Plus because it keeps my gut feeling balanced and it's super convenient. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash greatness. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash greatness for 20% off. You had a moment of doubt going to the hospital. Yeah. What was that fear? Yeah, so the fear was, I, I think it was just the reality set in, the reality of the risk I was about to take to gamble upon my dreams, basically. And the risk being, I might die. I might die, that's right. So I look over at my dad, it's like five in the morning, we're riding to the hospital and I say, Dad, do you really think I should do this, man? And he just looked back at me stone cold and he said, um, Chad, if you wanna be a SEAL, you don't have any choice. And I was like, Roger that, man. And we rolled, laid out on the operating table. <laughs> Poor Roger that. <laughs> That's it, man. Surgery was successful. Wow. Um, woke up. First thing I remember coming out of anesthesia, my grandmother was standing beside my hospital bed and I grabbed her hand and I said, I got my dreams back. Wow. And so like from that point forward, bro, nothing was going to stop me. Nothing. I took that, that adversity and I used it as a tool from that point forward. I was so invested at that point. That furnace of adversity had stripped me down and purified me down to the core, dude, of, of why did I want to do this? You know, it, it was just 100% from that point forward. Mm, why did you want to do it? Did you ask yourself and, and recheck in? Like, is this really worth opening my chest and doing this and potentially dying? The best way I can answer that, Lewis, and that's a good question, man, because uh, I guess a lot of people would expect me to say, because I wanted to serve my country or I wanted to go to war or this, but at that time in my life, it wasn't, it wasn't that. The only way I can answer that question about why did I want to do it is because that is what my goal was. That was, my, that was what my goal was, and I was told, when I was told no, it made me want it a hundredfold. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. Do you think if you wouldn't have had that surgery, you would have completed being a Navy SEAL? You would have went through the testing and made it through? And yeah. Do you think it would have made well, it still? So there's, I mean, there's no way I can answer that 100% with 100% certainty. My honest opinion is no, I wouldn't have made it through training, honestly. Why do you think you wouldn't have if you didn't have that adversity? For one, I don't think that I was prepared mentally or physically prior to that adversity. So like I said, that moment of adversity of, with the heart condition and all that, not only did it purify my intentions and my will and all that, but also I had to recover after that surgery, so. How long was that? I was back in the Navy standing in front of the same dive medical officer that had disqualified me less than a year after the surgery. Wow. So I had that, that block after the surgery to really hunker down and train 
with the right mindset. So I had the right mindset then for that training block. So that training block yeah. was so much more effective than any of the training that uh-huh. I had done prior to that adversity. Right. You know what I mean? Because it took you probably three to six months to heal to a point where you could start running and start moving effectively, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then you have maybe a six, four to six month runway to train hard. That's it. Yeah, and train That's your it. mind the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So you stand in front of the guy who said, no, it's not possible. What was that like? It was pretty wild, man. I remember walking <laughs> in his office and- He remember you? Yeah, oh yeah, he totally did. I mean, it was, this is such a rare condition and, and this, all this is written in medical journals. This is public information that you can, if you research Navy SEAL pericardial cyst, you can read the medical journals on this. So it was so rare, they had never seen it in a SEAL candidate before. So he remembered me, definitely, you know. But yeah, I remember walking in his office and, and of course, he still had to give me the go ahead. I didn't walk in there all cocky, like, screw you, dude, you know, but, but I went in there and I remember he looked at me, dude, and he, he said, what are you doing back here? And I had the paperwork from my civilian surgeon that performed the surgery. And I just said, hey man, will you take a look at this? Set it down in front of him and he went over the documents right there and pretty much gave me the go ahead. Said, you, you hey. He said, I did the surgery, here's all the documents. That's it. Here's the medical release, here's the whatever, right? That's it, brother. Yeah, and, and then, he said, all right, good to go. Yeah, and, and yeah, he said, you got it now. And I think he respected, I think he understood better than anyone else what I had done. The amount of commitment that you had to. Exactly. That you were all in. This isn't, he was like, okay, that's not a, you know, I don't know, stitch up some, some wound you have, surgery. This is life-threatening surgery that That's you it. did just for this one thing. That's it, brother. And I think he understood that better than wow. anybody else could have. You know what I mean? And how old are you at this time? 19, I would have been 19. Wow. Yeah. So that he gives you the clear. What did that feel like when he just said, you know, signed off or whatever he said that you can go into now budge training, which you were not even a SEAL. It doesn't even say you're a SEAL yet. No. I mean, you also have still passed the six-month test. That's it, yeah. So how was that feeling when he said you're, you're good to go? That's crazy, Lewis. Nobody's ever asked me that mm. question. But I can remember it, you know, bringing it up in my mind now that you asked me Were that. You like screaming inside? Were you, did you hug him? Were you like uh, crying? Were you calling someone? Well, it was definitely you, no, no hugging or nothing. I mean, it was a professional relationship. Sure, sure. I was a seaman and he was an right, officer. Right, right. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it was just, just that... I mean, like like I've never experienced before, either before that or even now after that in my life, just this this welling up of like passion and drive within me when he signed the dotted line, and I knew I was like, I got I got this. And you you're know? watching him sign That's it. You're it. thinking to yourself like. I'd just be so emotionally overwhelming, probably. It is, dude. For a year, everything you sacrificed. Yep. Yeah, wow. it was. It was amazing. It was an amazing moment. And I, I thank you for asking that question because I never reflect on that moment. Wow. Never reflected on that moment in the last 13 years of my life. Wow, that's cool. It's cool to go back and think about yeah, it. Yeah, man. That's powerful. Who was yeah. the first person you called or what was the first thing you did after you left that room? It, it would have been my mother. My mother has always been my biggest supporter, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what did you say and what did she say? 
Oh my gosh, I, I can't I can't remember the exact words of that conversation, but I'm sure she was crying because yeah. she was as invested as I was into this. You know what I mean? Okay. So so you go off into Bud's training, it's called, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the six month intensive where you see on you know Discovery Channel of all the seals in the ocean holding up the the rafts together, just getting crashed on waves, just no sleep. All that type of stuff, right? That's it, bro. That's what it, it cold, freezing cold water, fifty degree water, whatever it is. Um, and this goes on for. Tell us the process of what this training is like, in, you know, a couple of minutes, like from the first couple months to the last couple months, because you told me that the last couple months it's not as tough physically; it's mm-hmm. more mentally mm-hmm. then, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people know about buds now, but I'll just give you a quick rundown on it. This first phase is the selection phase. It's about six or eight weeks long, and that's where Hell Week is. Mm-hmm. Hell Week's a block where you're up for, I think it's like five days and six nights with no sleep, and you're just getting hammered the whole time. So that's where we lose a lot of guys is in first phase. Uh, when you move on to second phase, that's combat diving. Um, we do lose quite a few guys in one evolution there called pool competency, and it's basically where you get uh, just – beat all to pieces underwater. They just try to drown you, essentially? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we lose a lot of guys there. But other than that, in second phase, after you get past pool comp in second phase, you're going to be there for, really? for, you know, for the duration of the training. And then third phase is land warfare. Um, it's, you know, learning patrol formations and, you know, your, your land warfare stuff, shooting the whole, the whole nine yards. Uh-huh. You had told me, I don't know if this is, you're allowed to say this or not, so we can edit if so, but you told me that there was a, a, a day where the most people quit. I don't know if you remember saying this, what you told me. Yeah, when, yeah. When they played, a, when they played yeah. a movie, you said the most people I quit on this one day. Are you allowed to share that? Yeah, man, yeah. I mean, I've never shared that publicly before. I don't, I don't guess it's any secret, but yeah. yeah, the one day that I remember the most guys quitting was they set the class down in front of a big projector screen and played a video of al-Qaeda operatives sawing the head off of an American mm. and you know, basically told all the class guys in the class that, hey, this is who you're going to war against. Like, this is no game. We're not here to do push-ups. You're not going to be running with a boat on your head for the rest of your career it's not about going out to the bar with a trident on your chest or any of that. This is about, these are the people you're going to fight and, and destroy. So it was very graphic, and we had to watch it multiple times with instructor staff around us basically yelling uh, really? know, in our faces. And so, you know, a good portion of the class got afraid, and then you had a a small group that it made them angry. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was probably some in between that didn't really know how to feel about it. They had to go sleep on it, you know what I mean? So I remember after them showing that, we went straight from there to eat lunch. <laughs> yeah, imagine that, dude. Crazy. And uh, we're standing in the chow line and like guys just start falling out of the formation just like, by the tens and dozens, no and way. yeah, and they're just all going to ring the bell. And they already went through Hell Week. This was prior to Hell Week. Yeah, this was prior to Hell Week. So they didn't even go through any physically demanding 
stuff at nah, this point. No, nah, man. With no sleep, they just were psychologically out. That's it. And that's the whole point. That's the whole thing with this with this training, or really anything in life. Lewis is. It could be running an ultra marathon. It could be starting a business. It could could be SEAL training. So other than that day, and, and that day was all mental. The biggest reason that people quit any of those things we just I just talked about is because they look at the whole, they're looking at the big picture, man. So like with SEAL training, there's no single evolution that's that difficult. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's four mile runs and two mile swims and it's nothing that you couldn't get up from this table and go do right now. But the guys that quit, they couldn't break it down like into digestible pieces. One hour at a time, one moment That's at it, a time, brother. one day at a time, yep. one step at a time, mm-hmm. one breath at a time. Yeah. It seems so overwhelming. You're like, if I can't do this right now, if I'm struggling this moment, how am I gonna take on all of this, right? Six months, four yep. months, three months. And so we become overwhelmed and in fear as opposed to just one step at a time. That's it, bro. I remember an evolution during Hell Week. Uh-huh. All it was was a one mile repeat. The instructors just got everybody together and said, all you got to do is run one mile over and over again until we tell you to stop. There's no time standards. There's no... You could walk. You could walk. I mean, you you had to look like you were running, but you could walk. So I'm out here like, heck yeah, dude. All I got to do is run one mile at my own pace on a sunny beach on Coronado Island. Like, this is amazing. Nobody's bothering me. It's (laughs) It's like vacation. Yeah, 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 man. But that was the single evolution during Hell Week where we lost the most guys. And it was because of what we just talked about. They could not, certain people just can't, could not focus on that mile, dude. All they could think about was all the miles in front of them, which they didn't know if this was the last one or not. So they, they looked at it as a big picture and they just couldn't handle it. And, and, and really it was the easiest evolution that we did in all of Hell Week. Do you remember how many miles you actually ran? Dude, I have no clue. And, and what the instructors do, they, they just keep it going until enough people quit. And then they go, okay. And then they call it, yeah. Really? Yeah. And just, to, they're like, okay, we're gonna do 10 miles, 15, 20 miles, whatever, until many people quit. That's right, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing, dude, about it. And I take that now into like ultra running and, and even three of seven, you know, the business model for three of seven and, and all that we have going on with that. It's just like, you know, conquer what's like right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you can stay in that mindset, you know, on an ultra race, when I, when I'm 95 miles deep into a race and I've got to climb a 2000 foot mountain, how do you think I do it, bro? One step at a yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, I, pick a tree 20 yards ahead of me and I get to that tree and then I pick another tree and then eventually I'm at the summit, you know? How do you manage your mind and the thoughts of, man, I've got five more miles or however many more miles to go, how many more hours to go, days to go, and this is freaking hard. How do you manage the mind that wants to tell you to stop when it seems like there's so much ahead of you but you're just going 10 feet at a time? How do you how do you do that? When you're tired, when you're hurting, when you're exhausted, or you just don't get tired? No, no. 
that's a mantra we use, right? And yeah, we can talk about that later. But um, but for me, bro, it's like if you will push yourself hard enough, you you reach this place. I call it the steady state, and it's where it's not going to hurt any worse, mm-hmm. and it's not going to get any harder. It's the steady state, man. It's going to stay hard. It's going to just stay just like that. That's exactly right. And it's it's almost like a, for me, it's almost like a primal feeling. Mm. Like everything else is stripped away. And all I have to deal with is this pain, physical pain that I'm feeling. And it's a, be- it's a for me, it's a beautiful thing, man. So I don't to feel the pain. Well, well, to reach that steady state to yeah. where everything's just boiled down and it's just so simple, dude. Yeah. You're not stressing about who's calling you, what's happening at home, friends, That's war. It, bro. Yeah, you're not stressed about that stuff. You're focused on one thing. Yeah, and one way that I manage that, I like getting to that point in the first place. But but some way that I, I guess you could say that I manage that pain is I stop fighting against it. Ooh. I literally just tell my I literally just tell myself I accept this. Wow. And and I almost just like in my mind's eye I see it passing through me. The pain. The pain. And you can use this with all different types of things that are uncomfortable like cold. Mhm. If you stop will stop fighting against it. It it diminishes its power. But as long, as long as you're fighting against the pain or you're f- using your energy to fight against the cold, it's going to continue to gain traction and power over your mind. Yeah. So it's just forcing yourself to let go and stop fighting against that discomfort and just rock and roll, man. So for the everyday human being who is, does a five-mile run or maybe there's someone going extreme into an ice tub for two minutes mm-hmm. and they feel pain after a few miles or that first minute in the ice tub, how would you process that mentally or in your mind's eye when you're entering the ice, when you're going to that five mile run where it starts to hurt, you get the cramps, you get the heartaches, sweating, what would you do in that moment? Obviously for you, that's like 50 to 100 miles, but for the everyday human, how would you approach that mentally? Like a process so we could understand. Mm -hmm. I understand of like surrendering and letting it go through you, but what is it? What's a strategy we could implement, you think? Well, I mean, I think the strategy to implement that particular thing about not fighting against Uh it, I think, is that you could speak it out loud. I talk to myself all the time, and that's something I'm so adamant about is the spoken word. So, Mm. you know, if you... So it's starting to feel painful. I'm on my third mile. I feel like I want to slow down. What would I say to myself? You can counterpunch that uh, with with any number of statements or mantras, whatever works best for uh-huh. you, you know what I mean? Um, of course, I have some that I use on my own, but th- that's, for me, that, that would be the number one tool to kind of to manage that pain. A spoken mantra out loud. The, yeah, the spoken word. Not an internal mantra or a whisper, but actually saying it, you think. Yeah, totally, man, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, it has to be said out loud. Yeah. Okay, what's the the killer of uh, getting through hard challenges in your mind? What's the thing that kills most individuals once it starts to get hard and they stop? Negativity, man. Yeah. 
Um, the thought process, the it's not, words. It's, it's not necessarily the negative thought because we can't control our thoughts, obviously, all the time. We're going to have thoughts in our head that pop up that we don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's when you give those thoughts power through the things that you say. So I give you an example. One of my best friends going through SEAL training, he came to me one morning and he said, he said, he had been, think, I could tell he had been in a bad place mentally, but he was doing fine, progressing through training. But he came to me one morning and he said out loud for the first time, I don't think I'm good enough to make it through this training anymore, which was a lie. He was completely physically capable of doing every single thing that we had to do that day and every other day. But when he came and said that, it gave those thoughts that he had, that, that um, what do you call it, um, like lack of confidence or, you know, those, those thoughts that he was having that he wasn't good enough. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't have enough traction to stop him until he came and told me that out loud. Spoke it into existence. He spoke it out loud, yeah, so man. You might be thinking, uh, am I good enough to do this? Can I make it through? With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal? To give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. Now, you know how much I emphasize the power of teams for your business. And ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. Their smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. My company, Greatness Media, is currently hiring, and in my opinion, finding the right team is one of the most important steps in setting your business up for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I'm grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help with my growing team. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Maybe I'm not as strong as these guys. These guys are more talented. But once you start saying it to someone else out loud, that's when your body starts to believe it even stronger. And it gets harder and harder to go back into a confident place, I'm assuming. That's it, brother. Yeah, so like when he told me that, it was just like seconds later he was going to ring the bell. Really? Yeah, Like, and there was nothing that I could do to stop him. Like It's like he finally believed it 100% and he was out. Yeah, yeah. Just don't say it and you're half the, half the way there, right? If you like, just don't say it, you're, you have a chance. That's it, brother, that's it. And, and so your tongue, your tongue is the thing I compare it to a rudder. Mm -hmm. A rudder is the main control surface that steers a ship, steers the direction of a ship. Your tongue is your rudder. It's going to steer the direction of your life and the outcomes of your situations 98% of the time. So what you say is pretty important. It's paramount to me, bro. I mean, that's like, I, I take this to such an extreme that 
I don't curse. I um, I'm a Christian, but I don't, not cursing is not a Christian thing. It's because none of those words in and of themselves have a positive meaning. So why am I going to use them? So for me, it, it's just, it is paramount, dude, the things that we say. Yes. Did you ever come to a place where you started saying negative things to yourself during Bud's training or as a SEAL where you had to catch yourself? Or have you always been clear with your words to yourself? I have not always been clear with my words to myself. I became more conscious about the power of my words throughout life and doing really, really hard stuff to where, you know, I've put myself in in enough situations with other people around me to see the power of the spoken word actually work, not only in my own situations, but in the men around me or women around me in racing, you know? Yeah. So as every time I see it work, I'm like, holy smokes, this is powerful, this is powerful. Well, then finally I started going on some podcasts and telling people that it works, and then I now get hundreds of messages a month of people saying, oh my gosh, this works. What, what are the words we should never say to ourselves, and what should we say to ourselves every day? You know, I think that's really, I think that's really individualized, uh-huh. man. Uh, I mean, as far as the words that that you should never say to yourself, it's going to be dependent on the situation you're in. You know what I mean? And then the things that you're saying to yourself, you know, a big one for me is I I will not die in the chair. That's a huge mantra, you know, that I use. I won't die in the chair. And that has a whole meaning and story behind it. Um, What's the brief meaning? That was born out of that last man standing race that I did a few months. Well, no, it was back in May. Uh Uh-huh where I was running, you know, we had to run 4.16 miles every hour on the hour. Each one of those hours, I would dedicate to a fallen brother wow. in the SEAL teams. And their actual names? Yeah, I had a wrist coach that I was wearing, and I would have their index card with their face, name, their family's names, no their way. date of sacrifice. And so... Holy cow, that, that probably gave you a lot more power and strength. It did, man. But it, but it gave me a lot more pressure too, dude, because each one of these laps was, was for this guy. And, and, and some of those guys were guys that I had spent a lot of time with. Wow. You know what I mean? So the way that race worked, there was no definitive finish line. You just kept running until only one runner was left standing. Mm-hmm. So I could not promise my brothers that... I would win. I couldn't promise them victory because I didn't know if my body would break or, you know, I was, I didn't know. I didn't know where the race was going to end. So, but I could promise them that if I died in, in death, meaning death within a situation, not physical death, but death in this scenario would be of my race. If that time came, I would die out on the race course battling for every step that I took. So Not on the chair. I won't die in the chair. That's exactly Sitting around right. waiting. Yep. So at the end of each one of these laps, there was a chair. So if I came in off the lap in 55 minutes, I could sit down for five minutes. And it was hard. A lot of people died in the chair that day, like, dude. I'm done. I'm done. Because it was hard to rise back up, man. <laughs> for sure. So. Did you win the race? No, I was the... 
I think I was the third man standing. I ran 116.5 miles. <laughs> and uh, my last lap, dude, was actually for, oh my. my last lap was for a good friend of mine named Blake Marston. And we lost Blake in a uh, skydiving accident not long ago. Um, and, uh, dude, I remember looking down at, uh, I, I went out on that lap. And so it was muddy. I had tied my shoes too tight. And so my shoelaces were sawing through that large oh, tendon in the front no. of my ankles. Yeah, painful. Yeah. So it got to the point that I could no longer flex my toes toward my shin anymore. So every step was like I was dragging my feet like lead weights. So I went out on that lap and I, I pretty much, I was broken, dude. Yeah. Your whole body. But I wasn't going to die in a chair, dude. You were on the lap, though. I was out on you the lap, You fell on the dude. lap or you didn't make it back in yeah. time. and you were Yeah. I got out there, dude, and I remember looking down at Blake. I started crying. Wow. Because I knew, I knew at a certain point that I could not make it back in time. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I thought, you know, how's, what does Blake think of me right now, uh. you know, and and uh, and then I just had this sense of peace come over me, dude. And I could see his, I could see his face in my mind's eye, laughing at my poor physical state. Because we always find, uh, I mean, team guys do. We always find humor in adversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter how miserable that got, we would be joking and laughing at each other. So I saw him laughing at me, you know, and I and then. I found a stick on the ground and hobbled my way back to the finish line. <laughs> yeah, so you so. made it through. It wasn't in the time allotted. It was after the time. It was after the time. That's gotcha. right. So, 116 but, miles. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, you can apply. I apply that now that don't die in the chair to all aspects of my life, man, whether it's business or personal relationships or yeah. marriages or you name it, dude. So you have a mantra and you'll say this mantra out loud or internally every day when you feel it gets tough. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's used as a counterpunch, dude, to, to those negative thoughts. It's, you know what's funny? Like mantras are are talked about a lot in kind of the spiritual meditation communities. But you're this hardcore Navy SEAL guy who's saying the power of the spoken word, the power of a mantra, a positive mantra, is what gets you through adversity. That's it, brother. And that's the secret. That's your rudder, man. So it's not it doesn't have to be some woo-woo-y spirituality, meditation only type of thought process. This is tactical real life strategies that get you through war, actual war. That's it, brother. The war in your mind, the war for the day, physical war, uh, wherever you are deployed, that's what this does. When you were out in, uh, you deployed how many times? I did four different deployments, but they were all over. I ne- ne- never had one deployment that was like one location the yeah. whole time. Okay, so. so you're going out in different, four different times, 12 years. Yeah. What was this, one of the scariest times that you're allowed to talk about or moments or situations where you had back to that moment of doubt when you were driving to the surgery table? Did you have lots of those moments over the 12 years of doubt or insecurity or uncertainty? Or did you have this positive mindset every time you went into a scary situation? I've never really had doubts per se, like I had that morning of of the surgery where, you know, everything hinged on that one decision. I know one one crazy thing, I guess, doubt that I had, I think I shared with you on the mountain, was um, one of the first times that I went out with, with my platoon you know, I was out on a blocking position 
so I wasn't part of the main assault force. But which, for people that don't know, what's that mean? That, that's basically they. You're in charge of of keeping anybody from the outside coming into the actual target complex. Mm -hmm. So you've got your assault force that handles the actual direct action, and then you've got blocking positions on four corners around that complex. But they can be pushed out, you know, quite a ways to where you don't have direct contact. Not even a walkie-talkie or... Well, I mean, you can have comms, but you don't, you you know, you don't necessarily, you're alone, yeah, out there. You don't have a buddy next to you. Well, it depends, and it all depends. It's all mission dependent, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, it could be it it could be two brand new guys out on a blocking position. It could be whoever you need there. So it's mission dependent. But yeah, I was out way out here on this blocking position as a brand new frogman, and uh, frogman means Navy SEAL. Okay. Yeah. So people so don't know the lingo. It's all good. And, and so the assault force is is taking care of the main target complex, and we get a I get a secondary contact out here on my corner, my blocking position, and I remember like thinking in my head, like, oh my gosh, like I hesitated, like waiting for is someone going to tell me what to do? You know, can I shoot? Can I shoot back? waiting for a a call or some advice and then I had this epiphany that no one's going to tell me what to do right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to handle this situation on my own. Yeah. And so that was a grand moment for me, like realizing that in life there are going to be a lot of situations, whether it's business deals or your own personal life that you're not going to have time to sit around and wait for someone to come and tell you what to do, man. You've got to react in that moment with the tools that you have, and you've got to make the best decision that you can within that moment. And I learned, I learned that lesson. And that, for some reason, that was just such an awesome lesson for me because now with 3 of 7, I'm not a businessman, dude. Yeah. I'm a warrior, bro. Yeah. I don't know nothing about business. And uh, there's things that come up all the time that I'm like, you know, what am I supposed to do about this? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could sit around and wait for or pay somebody else to figure it out. But no, I'm, I make the best decision that, that, I, that I can come up with. Sure. And I rock and roll with it, man. Yeah. It's not always the prettiest, it, but I always learn from it if it's not the prettiest. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's the way I live my life now. Yeah, yeah. And can you tell us what you did uh, what was your main job or main role as a Navy SEAL? My main role within a platoon was a breacher. So it's an explosives expert. If we need to get into a door that's locked or say there's a walled compound or something. You make a bomb. I make a bomb. and From scratch or with whatever yeah. you have. Maybe you have the tools on you or you got to make a bomb yeah. chemically, right? Yeah. Put it together. Yeah. And then you set the set the bomb off. Yeah, we set it off, and you know wherever the primary entry might be, and you have to calculate it all out and make sure it's going to penetrate the barrier that you're trying to get through. And right. So have enough firepower to, to blow it up. Did you ever have a bomb that didn't knock the wall down or that didn't open the hole big enough? Dude, I tended to overbuild my bombs, man. That's probably why. Boom! Yeah. It's like you blew up the whole thing, not just the wall. Yeah, no doubt, man. And that's, I guess that's part of the reason why the, the Navy considers me disabled now. I overbuilt my bombs a lot. And um, yeah, the, the blast wave, the shock wave as it passes through your skull, 
actually tears away at the fibers within your brain. Oh you know gosh. that from playing ball, yeah, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just like a mini concussion. Every time. Every time, yeah, for thousands. I mean, no telling how many bombs. Really, because you feel off. it, and you just you feel it rattle your brain a little bit. Oh yeah, it goes through your body, your chest, mm-hmm. everything. It's probably like a. It's a shock wave. Yeah, I mean, it hit, it hits you. You and, can feel it. And you didn't have sometimes a hundred yards to go behind and a nice big wall to, to block it. You're looking for a barrel, a rock, a, it, a little hill, something within forty yards. You might less. be well, dude. You might be in this house. I mean, you might be in a house. I mean, you're talking about you've got probably like door and you've got ten doors in here, dude. And if you know, if I needed to get into any of these doors, I'd be breaching right here in in an enclosed space. So why 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 use a bomb on a door and suppose to like a hand, you know ramming through it, kicking the door down? Is it just like it's so? It's fun using bombs, dude. <laughs> I'm just got. Why would I kick a door when I could blow it down, man? <laughs> Save your brain. Well, yeah, we weren't thinking about that back then, though. <laughs> So that was just protocol. It's that, like, that, awareness, a that awareness is building about brain injury. Mm-hmm. They're they're implementing a lot of new, really good stuff. Oh, that's good. Yeah. For, for guys, I'm so thankful that that's happening. So but even just other... five or six years ago, that nobody thought. I mean, we calculated a minimum safe distance for every bomb, but no, you couldn't always get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Thousands of bombs. I mean, how long does it take you to make a bomb? If you're like, we got to get through this door, how long does it take you? Mm, well, you would have some on you pre-rigged most gotcha. of the time okay. as a breacher. Ready to go. So yeah. you're just mounting, That's wiring, it, boom. Yep. One minute, two minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd build them back at the shop, you know, and then you'd have got them it. with you. Okay, cool. What is a, a Navy SEALs guide to eliminating self-doubt? What are the things that you saw other guys do really well or that you did to learn how to overcome being insecure, lacking the confidence of something, and just overall doubting yourself that everyday human beings could apply on a daily basis? Bro, I think that we all need to come to the realization that we're all made of the same stuff, man. Freaking dirt. Mm-hmm. That's all. We are all made of the same stuff. So, Lewis, you are an awesome dude. You have accomplished so much, man. Mm, but you know you. why you have done? You have used your tools properly. Yeah. You don't have anything that I don't, and I hope you don't mind me Go using ahead. us yeah, as yeah. a direct example. Sure. You don't have anything you, that, that I don't have mm-hmm. from a physical, I have a strong, healthy body and a strong, healthy mind. We're made of the exact same stuff. You have utilized your tools, your time, the people around you, mm-hmm. your speech, your relationships, all these universal tools that we all have access to. We all have access to time. We all have access to to people around us, resources, at resources. Some level. Yeah. yeah, those are and and you can't you can't use the argument that oh well say take time for example say time is a tool that helps you accomplish your mission. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you may have more time than me, but it, take take and look at it in in the natural world as say we both had a hammer. The hammer represents time. We need to drive a nail through this table right here. Yep. Your hammer's bigger than mine, so obviously you're going to drive the nail faster than me. 
but I have a hammer too, even though it's smaller, I can still drive that nail flush with this table right here. So it's not an excuse to say, well, Lewis has so much more resources than I have. It doesn't matter, dude. Mm-hmm. We're made of the same stuff. Yeah, you can still get you the know? job done. We can still get the job done. So for me, that that's, you know, that's essential is, is to stop looking at each other like somebody, you know, and look at me, for example, bro. I'm some old country dude from North Georgia. How could I have ever dreamed to go and serve at the tip of the spear with the best men America has to offer mm. in the you know United States fighting forces? Right, right. How could I have ever dreamed of going to do that? It makes no logical sense. But even back in those days, I had the same viewpoint. We're all made of the same stuff, bro. Mm-hmm. So that's step one, is realizing that we're all made of the same stuff. For me, for me it yeah. is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then, and then from that point forward, it's recognizing what are the tools that you need. Re- you call them resources, I call them tools. Yeah. What are the resources or tools that you need to accomplish your mission? And then it's learning to utilize those tools or resources in the most effective and efficient way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at that point, I mean, that's, that's, how you, that's how you get greatness, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not because if we both died right now, well, we would turn into both turn into piles of dirt, right? That's true, man. How do we, uh, what can we do on a daily basis besides having that understanding of the tools and time to, again, Overcome that doubt that we have. Overcome the insecurity or the fear or the, the judgment we put on ourselves in order to have more belief in ourselves to accomplish our mission. Is it you should have a, a set of routines and habits that you honor your word to every day and you're, you are your word to yourself of what you say you're to do? Is it doing hard things every day that builds more belief? Is it the words you use as well, like what's the com- what's the ingredients? That's an excellent combination, Lewis. I like those. It's, uh, it sounds like you answered that question, bro. It's, but is there anything else that I, you- I, I can? I'm very hesitant to give advice. Mm-hmm. I never give advice. I can tell you what I do yeah. based around those things that you just said. I have a routine. I get up every morning at about six in the morning. The first part of my day. I dedicate to my God, so I give him the first fruits of my day. I mm. honor him mm. in that way because I feel like he expects that of me. But through prayer. Through, through prayer or yeah. reading. or reading. For me, it's the Bible. Yeah. So that's what I do. It could be for five minutes. It could be for 45 minutes. But that's how I start my day every single day. If I don't do that, I'm screwed up, dude. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I do that. Then I spend four hours a day training. It may sound crazy, but I train for four hours a day. And that right there, that's where all my perspective comes from. That's where my outlook on life comes from. During that four-hour block, I am honing my body and my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. That's where the battle is, is in the soul. What do you want to do? What do you think you want to do? Mm. How do you? 
I've recently joined the world of home ownership. And one thing I've learned is that there's so much more freedom with what I can do with my home, but also so many more decisions to make. Figuring out where to start on big projects like a complete room makeover can be overwhelming. But with Crate and Barrel's free interior design service, a design pro can provide design and styling help for projects big or small. Whether you're redesigning your living room, choosing a new dining room table and chairs, or even just styling a bookshelf. Work one-on-one -on -one with a design pro who will work with existing furnishings and help you choose new ones. Get 2D layouts and even 3D renderings so you can actually see your space to help you decide. Did I mention it's free? Yes. Having fun exploring the possibilities of what you can redesign or have the design desk help. Go to crateandbarrel.com or your local store to make an appointment with the Crate and Barrel Design Desk. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Feel about something. Those are the things that we have need to get a hold of, right? But when you're out doing something hard, self-inflicted adversity, it hones that soul portion of mm. us down at the same time that it's training our body. Mm. So the two are very intertwined. So, giving you energy, keeping you healthy, keeping you lean, sharp, it provides that for the body. It provides that for the body. And the soul and the mind, right? The yeah. soul being the mind, will, and emotions, it makes you force your mind, your will, what do you want to do, and your emotions, how do you feel about this activity and this pain? Because you don't want to do it. Exactly. <laughs> but but you when you go out and do it, you're honing that portion of you as a human, and then moving forward from there. Wait, out, so that's every day, seven days a week, or is it five days a week, training four hours a day, is it... Yeah, I, I train. Every, I set that block. Of, now, now the intensity may vary. Right, right. I may. It may just be a four-hour hike in the woods. Cool. You know what I mean? It's not a ultra marathon every day. No, no, totally. I may. I mean, I may only cover ten miles in that in that four in that four hours. I may cover thirty miles. It's always a run. Is it something else? A swim? It, a, it could hike, be a, a combination. It could be weight training. I do. I do weight train. You know, strength training twice a week at least. Why four hours? Why not one, three, five? Is there a number with four? Because there's no there's no number. I mean, the reason I, with four? I, I feel like that's what I need personally mm. to perform on the level that I want to perform and to maintain the perspective that I have on life. Powerful. Okay. So, so after that, after that is my work time. So from noon to the rest of the day, up until five, six, sometimes seven o'clock. That's my that's my work time. And so I take all that perspective and all that energy. And all that good stuff that I get out there on that run or that weightlifting or whatever, and then I transfer that over into my work time. Wow, that's probably powerful. You and got so much clarity. That's it, brother. And you get all your best ideas from those four hours. You probably let go of all the pain or frustration or anger or whatever you got in your head that's festering from the day before if you have anything. That clears out. That's it, brother. Purge that stuff. You get back to a peaceful place. Yep, so I took care of my spirit yep. in that first 30 minutes, take care of my body, soul, and that next four hours, 
the rest of the day, man, I can hammer some stuff out. Wow. I can put down some. So that's the one thing, you know, that's my biggest fear. What? As things grow, my biggest fear is, is that this telephone and, and this um, phone text messages and, and social media, my biggest fear is that that stuff would, is, is one day going to maybe tarnish the clarity mm. of my perspective. Mm, yeah. It's going to take away from that, that four-hour block of time. Because if I don't put the time in to myself, all that uh, Instagram, all that stuff, none of that matters because if I don't put that four hours into myself, the stuff that I put out on the back half of the day is not going to be as pure as it mm. should be. Mm-hmm. So my biggest fear is losing that purity, man. Mm. And, 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 and I shouldn't say I fear it. I'm very conscious of it, man. Mm-hmm. So you finish around five, six, seven, and then what's the evening look like? That's my wife's time, man. Yeah. yeah she, I love her more than anything else in the world. Yeah. So how that, how long have you been together? Brooke and I have been together for seven years now. Mm-hmm. So you got married while you are in the Navy. Yeah. And was that challenging for her to be with someone who's off in war every day? Oh, it's, I wish you could ask her that question. I mean, I feel like it was more challenging for her than it was for me. And as a SEAL, you're gone, on average, I'd say 300 days out of the year. Mm. I mean, you're not at war that whole time. It's gone, training, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's a mix of both. And uh, yeah, it's extremely difficult, man. Yeah, for sure. And she, you know, she suffered from it, you know. And but but luckily, we're still together. And again, because of the the adversity we went through in our marriage, it's the same thing, brother. Mm-hmm. The adversity we went through in our marriage. My wife had a very dangerous disease called addiction. She got wrapped up in that for a while, and we had to go through the process. I shouldn't say wrapped up. She was, you know, she, in it. In it. Yeah. And it was bad, dude. That's a whole other story, man. But we had to go through that adversity together, and now we have the best freaking marriage on earth. Wow. Man. You know. So. What's the greatest lesson she's taught you while you were an active Navy SEAL and since your retirement? Humility. Humility for a hundred percent. She's she keeps me grounded, man. Mm. Because as a team guy, man, you're hanging out with active duty pipe hitting alpha males all day long, and uh, you need somebody to pull you back down to earth sometimes. Mm. And and even with ultra running, you know, I'm really competitive there, and I'm not a cocky person, dude. But if I start to get a little lofty with you know my speech or something yeah. like that man she snatched me right back down to where i need to be okay so so humility has been the biggest lesson what's something she uh that you've learned about her since you've left the navy that has surprised you that's different than when you were together in the navy because you've had more time with her yeah. I'm assuming i would say i would say how talented she is like, I didn't get to pay enough attention to her talents when I was active duty. And now that I get to spend more time with her and she's getting to pursue some of her passions, mm-hmm. it just has blown me away with how talented she is. So she loves photography. She's an awesome cook. 
and uh, and just her people skills, man. Mm. So that that's mm. the biggest thing. What's the uh, do you have any regrets from anything in the twelve years, or wish you could have gone longer? Because you had to, you had to re- retire essentially because of the the hearing loss from all the bombs and. Yeah, it was a com- yeah, it was a whole combination of stuff. Bunch yeah. of things they pretty much said. So I was medically retired. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Would you have stayed in it had you were been perfectly healthy, one hundred percent? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I would have definitely. I mean, I would have stayed in the teams and, and as long as they would have let me. I mean, you get to go to work with heroes every single day, bro. Why would you ever want to leave that? You know. Uh-huh. Do I have any regrets? Nothing that really stands out, man. I w- I really wouldn't. I really wish, wouldn't change wish, a thing. You wish we would have found a few more walls to get behind, <laughs> a couple more rocks. No, to, no, man, because it's all it's all brought me to where I am now. Yeah. I'm sitting here talking to Lewis Howes, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in my opinion, I don't deserve to be here, bro. Yeah. Um, but the the whole chain of events have brought me to where I am now, yeah, present in this day, people. man. Well, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. And I'm not trying to put you on a pedestal. I'm just using you as a, and as an example because we're sitting right here sure, sure. face-to-face, you know? What were some of the coolest moments that you got to experience where you're actually in the moment thinking, man, I'm just a kid from this town in Georgia, and now I'm, I don't want to speak out of line for you of what you've told me in the past, but now I'm doing this, and now I'm doing this, and this is crazy. Did you ever have any of those moments, or were you just? The coolest moments that I've had in my life have been since I retired this past January. Really? They have, totally, man. So much stuff has happened, dude. Just like the vision I told you about, and being able to let go and mm-hmm. and move forward into this awesome future. I mean, not holding on to the identity of the past. Exactly, this man. This is who I was, this is my dream, this is my old life, now it's over. That's not it, Not holding brother. on to like the glory days. Yeah, so the coolest moments have definitely been in this last eight, 10 months. The coolest moments of my life, dude. Really? Yeah, man, you know, and and not to take away from what we did in the teams, but that was a job. It 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 got to the point, and I think all guys get that. It's just it's no different than, you know, you going to do what you do with your group every day. It was a job, dude. We had a mission. We went and did it. Skydiving, diving, that was all a job, man. But now it's fun. And it's like all these exciting things are, have, have happened and, and just the network, getting to know people like you, like Jesse, Scott Worthington out in New Zealand, getting to know, create this network of just awesome individuals. And uh, it's been amazing, bro. Wow. So I would say those are, those are I know that doesn't directly answer your question, but. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. What's the thing you're most proud of that you did that maybe not a lot of people know about, but it's something that you know you did, that you're like, man, I'm, I'm really proud that I did this thing or things as an active duty member. Maybe no one ever saw you do it, but what's something that you know, like, wow, I'm proud that I did that thing or did that, I, sh- I didn't even need to do that, but I did this thing, or there was a kid that was, I don't know. You, you, this won't be the answer that you anticipated. <laughs> it's all good. I am proud when my wife was battling addiction, that I had the courage to go to my team and tell them that I needed to take a knee and help my wife get better. Mm. I'm proud that I didn't give up on the person that I love the most 
for the job mm. because the job went away and now I still have the person that I love the most. Wow. So that's what I'm most proud of. So taking a knee meaning, taking a break from the team or from the Navy or what is that? No, it was just, I went to, to be an instructor for a little while, so I didn't have to travel near as much. I could help my, could help my wife in the, in the battle that she was fighting wow. as a husband. I could be a husband for once, but that was hard. It was hard to have courage to go. We had just come back off deployment. It was hard to have courage to go to my team because I didn't know what they were gonna do, dude. I mean, were they gonna attack me? Were they going to look down upon me? But they didn't. They embraced me and gave me the tools that I needed. So they said, so essentially you weren't with the team going out on missions. Yep. You were yep. coming back, you were to work at a stable yeah. place yeah. near your wife. That's right. That's and right. you could stay with, you could stay at home, I guess. Yep. And until, until she had won that battle. Yeah. Well, how, how long did that take for, until you went back out? That was, that was about two years. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. So, so that's, yeah, that's what I'm most proud of, man. That's great. I love that. <laughs> Never been asked that question before. I, I hope it's a, I like that, a good man. answer, that's a, man. That's a great answer, man. Okay. If you could give three lessons to any civilian who might be just going through some challenges in their own mind, whatever, whether they're valid challenges or big challenges or small, but someone's just going through a hard time. They're struggling in their relationship, they're struggling with their health, something is off. Their career, they don't know what their mission or purpose is, they don't know why they're here. If you could give three lessons or three things that they could start doing on a daily basis where you think it would start the process of healing or clarity or peace, what do you think those three things could be from where you learned in all your lessons? That is a deep question, bro. And, 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 and there's a lot of work people need to do on a lot of things, but it's that's like, it, brother. So, so this isn't a fix-all. The best a- way that I can answer that question, Lewis, is when I talk about body, soul, and spirit. Uh-huh. We can all use that as humans as a diagnostic. Yeah. So. You're what's, ta- what's off? You're, you're talking about people that are that are struggling with their purpose, that are struggling with, you know, their day to day, maybe their relationship, their marriage. I can guarantee you, if you take those three aspects, whether you're Christian, Muslim, atheist, it doesn't matter. You still are composed of a body, soul, and spirit. If you take those three aspects and you break them each down and you say, okay, what am I doing in each one of these lanes to nourish this part of my humanity? Mm. You're going to find the holes. Maybe you don't know how to nurture your spirit. Maybe you don't know how to nurture your soul or your body. Go find a way or surround, surround yourself with people that, that can help you mm. with either three of those aspects. Yeah. That would be, I mean, that would be my biggest piece of advice for somebody in that situation. Second would have to be definitely utilize the spoken word. Keep control of your rudder, man. That's made a tremendous impact on my life, my relationships, every aspect of my life. And then third... I would say go out 
and, and put yourself in some adverse situations, whether it's, whether it's with ultra running, whether it's with a marathon or a 5K, the distance doesn't matter as far as a race goes. If it's weight training at a gym, put yourself into some adverse situations and, 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 let, and let yourself grow there because that's where we grow, man. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of that stuff, dude. It's, it's, that's how we as humans were meant to be in those situations. I mean, in back, you know, a couple thousand years ago, it was a day-to-day thing, you know? Yeah, we don't yeah. get that anymore, dude. Yeah, so inflict adversity. Self-inflicted adversity, man. I say this all the time that, and maybe this is my sports background, but I would, I tell people, like, find something that causes you pain every single day. And for me, it doesn't, I like that. It doesn't even be four hours. You know, it's like, doing a three-mile run this morning is painful because in the last half a mile, I turned the freaking thing up when I didn't, because I was in a comfortable pace at a seven and a half on the treadmill. And I'm like, okay, I could keep this up and have a normal heart rate. So I was like, I need to push it so I'm burning. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, but I'm going to. I love that, bro. So even if it's an extra five minutes that I don't want to do, to feel a pain and be out of breath and sweating and hurting, I know now that I did something hard. Maybe it's not 100 miles or one, four hours. It's something hard for me. And I think when people inflict pain in a, not a broke, not break your arm pain, but in a, in a container yeah. that is safe, you build a sense of belief and confidence and you start to have more clarity, like you said. And that's why I love that you're doing the four hours a day. So. Yeah, man. And, and with what you said too, Lewis, with... Um we're doing it every day. That's that's so important because you have to continue to earn it. That's you it. can't bottle it. No. You got to continue to earn it every day, man. That's it. That's it. Do you have any doubts currently in your life, uh, or do you feel pretty doubtless on a day-to-day basis? I mean, I don't really look at. I don't. I don't have any doubts uh, again because I don't look at life as like uh, anymore as as uh, I see the design in life. If that makes any sense, so it takes out, it takes out the whole doubt portion of it because I see it. I see the design. What does that mean? You see the design. So for me, it's it's I'm being guided by something bigger than myself. Uh huh. And it just goes back to that moment that I was really able to just let go, and and recognize the, the design within my purpose in life. So being guided by God. Yeah. yeah. By my God. I'm yeah. being guided and, and it's and I see this through not I see this through actual events mm-hmm. that happen in my life that if I told you about them you'd think I was freaking crazy, dude. Yeah. But I see that design in my life and I and I tell people that are close to me about the things that happen. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm special. I don't know why God's put me where I am today. I don't. I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. But that, that just removes all the doubt. Yeah. For me personally. Gotcha. That's helpful. Yeah. You have that spiritual spiritual connection of being guided, so you understand oh. the context of life and you trust the process. You trust your path. Right? Such a gift, brother. Yeah. When you start to trust the uncertainty, trust the breakdown, trust the hard, the pain, trust the addiction, mm-hmm. and you know it's a part of a bigger design, and you can get through it. Totally, brother. Yeah, you get it, Lewis. That brings you peace. Yeah, I get, get it. it. Okay, cool. I'm still learning every day, you know. This question is called the three truths. So imagine it's your last day on earth many years from now. 
and uh, you've achieved everything you want at every stage of your life. You accomplished your first dream of being in the Navy SEAL. Now you're in your next phase of your life. You're gonna take on amazing things and you're gonna conquer mountains. And then there's gonna be multiple decades where you do that in different ways. And you've done everything you can imagine you wanna do. But for whatever reason, you've gotta take all the content and the awards and the accomplishments and the business businesses you built and anything you've created, you've gotta take it with you to the next place when the lights go off. But you get to leave behind three things you know to be true, the lessons you would leave behind to the world. And these are only three things that they would have to remember you by. It's a hypothetical question, but just play with me on it. If you could have three truths that you would share with the world, what do you think would be those three for you? Three truths. I can just tell you what it comes to my mind, That's first it, of man. all, man. Faith, hope, and love mm. are all good things, mm-hmm. but the greatest is love. Mm. So those are my faith, like hope, it. and love, Simplicity, man. man, I like it. I mean, that's just what came to my mind when you, it, when you answered that question, Perfect. bro. Yeah. Well, Chad, I want to acknowledge you, Chad, for, for how you've shown up consistently. I've only known you for a little bit of time, but... The way that you handled yourself to achieve your dream of being a Navy SEAL and serve our country, the way you showed up with your team, the way you showed up to serve without asking questions, without um, you know, being resistant and just being of service, I want to acknowledge you for that. I want to acknowledge you also for your ability to shift your identity quickly and not hold on to the past, mm-hmm. where a lot of Athletes I've seen have lived in the glory days of the past for years, and I'm sure people in the military, I can only assume, probably hold on to something from the past as well when they retire. Totally, bro. So I acknowledge you for your ability to transition and serve at a different level. You're serving a lot of people in the ultra-endurance races and experiences. You're serving business leaders now. You're serving my audience. You're serving other people now. And I think that's amazing that you're using your life as a channel to give and serve other people with the tools and the gifts that you have. Mm, thank you, Lewis. So I acknowledge you for that and for, for being a great human being, being a great husband and showing up in a powerful way. I really acknowledge and appreciate for, for all that, my man. What is the thing that you're most excited about right now and how can we support you? You're on Instagram, which you try to limit your time on your phone, but you're there sharing wisdom. You've got a podcast. Where can we support, follow along, get more of Chad? Yeah, so Instagram's definitely the main, that's the only, like the only social media platform that I can handle. So <laughs> I try to be interactive on there as, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I possibly can. And that's just at Chad, C-H-A-1-D, C-H-A-D-W-R-I-G-H-T-278. Yeah, and then the podcast, it's just three of seven podcasts. You guys can listen in. Um, Anytime it's on Apple and you know the whole nine, it's just look three of seven podcasts, three of seven podcasts, and that's okay. spelled out. And then also, probably the best place to really dig into what three of seven is and what it has to offer is, is the website three of seven project.com. Okay, cool. So, everything as everything unfolds and we add new, new stuff to the project and you know, new products or whatever it may be. It'll all be there. Yeah. So 3of7project.com. Dot com, yep. Do you have any questions for me? 
I don't, brother. I just want to thank you, Lewis. I, I really, I really, genuinely appreciate your friendship. Yeah, man. I appreciate the time that we spent on the mountain together. Powerful, you man. impacted me in a tremendous way. Oh, thank you. Um, and, and that's from the bottom of my heart, oh, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate. It. I'm excited to yep. connect more and learn more, and hopefully push myself more when I'm around you in physical challenges. Final question I have for you is: What's your definition of greatness? It's so relative, right? I love that you asked this question mm -hmm. because there's an infinite number of definitions. It's your right? definition. For yeah, me, yeah. for me, it is just simply about happiness and fulfillment, dude. Mm -hmm. That is greatness. That's like those guys that I told you about that are still working at that on that construction job where I was when I was 18, and they're happy. I've known men, I've known great men that have wore a pair of overalls every day of their lives and worked in a farm field and, and never left their hometown. And they are, in my book, they're great men because they're happy, they're whole, they're complete, they've raised a beautiful family and they're fulfilled with their life. Mm. So for me, that's the definition of greatness. My man, thanks, Chef. Appreciate Love you, brother. Love you, man, appreciate it. There you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Blows me away. The discipline, the dedication, the commitment, the command that Chad has built for himself to create freedom in his life. Again, he dedicates hours every day on his health so he doesn't have to stress about it. He dedicates consistency on his relationship so he doesn't have problems in it. He puts attention towards the words that he says so it doesn't affect his mindset throughout the day. Because when we create discipline in our life, we create power and freedom in our dreams. And that's what I want you to take away from this episode. I hope you enjoyed his way of being, his message, his skills, the tools he provides. And if you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. Chad is just starting to come out of retirement. He's just starting to make a name for himself and he's gonna be blowing up over the next few years. Make sure to spread this message far and wide to your friends. Text it to a WhatsApp group chat that you have, a Facebook group to some friends you have on text. Uh, post it on social media, tag me at Lewis Howes. Make sure to tag Chad as well. And you can find the full show notes of how to connect with him at lewishouse.com slash 877. So inspired by his message, so inspired by his way of being, his ability to communicate clearly and effectively and have non-negotiables in his life so that he does have freedom and doesn't create these, these experiences that hurt him. He seeks the challenge as opposed to waiting for challenge to find him. Either way, we are going to find challenges in our life. It's just our decision. Do we want to seek out the challenge so we have the strength to overcome them as they come? Or do we want to play safe and let challenges come to us and make it harder for us to overcome them? Again, Bruce Lee said, do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. And that's what Chad has done. He is created a life of strength so that he can endure all the pain and challenges that might try to come his way. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Powerful insights from someone who's gone through extreme adversity and extreme challenges in his life on every different level. Bruce Lee said, do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. I pray that you have the strength to endure all the challenges in your life 
I love you so very much, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself. What would kids do? Dance to a giant organ played by ocean waves? Yep. Camp in floating tree houses hundreds of feet off the ground? Check. Jump in a big tub of mud on purpose? Call it rejuvenation. We don't care. Just pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. If you need help, ask your kids. Start planning at visitcalifornia.com. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.